This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to another episode of the Friday Morning Break with John Gibbs. As I continue to explore what schools are for, this week my guest, Karen Hall, lecturer in Drama in Education at Sussex University. We explore drama teaching, drama lessons. What is drama for in schools, and how's it doing? This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. When I was at school, just about my favourite lesson was drama. If drama was being taught that day, double drama, it was going to be a good day. I always loved drama. I taught drama on and off throughout my career. I've always felt it to be one of the most important subjects in school for all sorts of reasons. Therefore, I was delighted this week to talk to Karen Hall, lecturer in drama and education at Sussex University, senior teacher, and course lead in PGCE Secondary Drama. Whether you're a drama teacher or a teacher of other subjects, secondary or primary, I think you'll enjoy our discussion. And we're back with my guest Karen. So after the introduction and the music has died away there, Karen, welcome again and thank, thank you so much for joining me on the, on the Teachers Talk Radio. No, As you're you, really welcome. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. It's, and, it's, and not only that, we're sacrificing the most delightful day outside. I don't know what it's I like know, but you. drama's worth it, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so my, my, the theme of the show, as my listeners all two of them or whatever. That actually is quite a few. Actually, we get lots of listeners. Um, as my listeners will know, and the people who downloaded this as a podcast will know, I'm exploring kind of what schools are for after a year, after a career of teaching. Yeah. So broadly speaking, I ask people who, mostly academics, but teachers and experienced teachers, to think about, you know, what they do and why we do this strange, ridiculous thing called teaching. And it this is week, mad, isn't it? It's a mad job. It is mad. Uh, now that I'm retired from it, I, I, I realise how mad it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. you have to have that step back, don't you? Yeah. Because it is a, it is a route. It is a tread, not a treadmill. That sounds too mm -hmm. negative. Mm -hmm. But it, there's a there's a way in which the years do fly by. You know, yes, the they term do. Moves yeah. to one term to one term to one term. Yeah. But what we're going to talk about is drama. And as I was saying before we started recording, I did a bit of drama teaching. I, in fact, I part of my PGCE was drama teaching. Most of that's not what I did, but I, I, so I, I know something of it, and I'm a great fan of drama as a subject in schools. It's a, re, it's, it's, a re, it's a reasonably recent thing. We're talking about what drama is, and, and maybe mm. I'll, we'll retread some ground about where, you know, about how you define what drama lessons are. Yeah. First of all, you're the lead, as I said in the introduction, you're the course lead at um, Sussex University, PGCE. How's that going? Uh, what's the state of play? And we hear about teacher shortages yeah. and subject sorted shortages. How's it going at Sussex? Yeah, uh, it's well, it's going fantastically well. Um, drama as a subject has been uh, for the PGCE has been oversubscribed at Sussex for a while. 
Um, so we kind of put a limit on the kind of numbers that we have, you know, all to do with workload and so on. Um, but we this year in particular, we had so many really strong uh, candidates for positions mm-hmm. um, that we over recruited. And we had some data out a while ago that, uh, that showed that Sussex Drama PGC is the highest recruiter in, in the southeast which has been really fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, and we've, you know, we've got a lot of, like a lot of universities actually, but we've got a lot of good, you know, undergraduate courses for drama. Um, you know, we get uh, students from various universities in London. University of Sussex runs an undergraduate drama course as well. University of Chichester, which is close by. Um, so we've got a really good pool of trainees from a range of different backgrounds. Some of them are new graduates, um, some of them are um, slightly older graduates, perhaps who've been working in industry for a while. Um, and I think that's part of the richness of not only mine, but other PGC drama courses as mm. well. Up and down the country, I work really closely with other PGC drama leads um, nationally. Um, and it's the diversity of the trainees that we get in that gives us strength. Because for me, as a PGC drama lead at a university, yes, I'm thinking locally all the time about the trainees that we get, about our partner schools, um, about the drama departments within those schools, what's happening there, how the curriculum's developing, um, whether there's any CPD needs for mentors. But we also have to have, I think, all of us, the wider national picture, what is happening Mm. in terms of numbers, what's happening, because we're all fighting the same fight. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's been really great. There's very little competition between us and other PGCE um, drama courses across the country because we're all in it for the same thing. Um, that, that's that's so, good yeah, to it's hear. Been, it's been a really interesting journey, I think. And and you you're talking there uh, generally about the PGCE at, at, mm. um, at Sussex, but also Sussex is a lovely university. I'm not surprised people want to go there. I used to take students on. Um, Six form trips to look around universities at sometimes. Mm. Which one of our favourites was to go down to Sussex. Yeah, I've, I, I, I found this out relatively recently that I think we're the only university that's in a national park. Um, oh, South Downs National that. Park. Yeah. So you, you literally like where, where I teach, you look to your left and you've got these woods and you've got the, the South Downs, and then you look to your left and you've got Brighton, Hove Albion Football Club. Fantastic. You know, I mean, heading yeah. down into the city. Yeah. So it's, it is, you know, and obviously it's Brighton. It's a very diverse um, place. Um, I remember when I actually got my job um, six years ago now teaching the PGCE and uh, drama. And I said, I, I asked the question in the interview, you know, I, I don't want to take this job on if in two years time it's gone because, you know, drama's died, you know, and, and how yeah. do you, because I, I don't live in Brighton. So I didn't know the area particularly well. And the answer I had was, you know, this is Brighton. You know, the arts are alive and well here. It's not without its challenges, definitely, particularly within schools. Yeah. But it is, a, you know, quite a buzzy, vibrant place to, to work well, and to train. Well, that is good to hear because not only is there the context of that question I ask you about, about the about recruitment of teachers generally, yeah. but one of the feed, one of the things that came up on Teachers Talk Radio recently and one of the things I experienced watching in my school was the with the number of students choosing to do theatre studies, A-level, yeah. the number of students choosing to do drama yeah. uh, was declining. And, yes. uh, and, yeah. and particularly in the sixth form, the number of students choosing English literature and sort of relate. You'd often get that kind of student, English lit, drama, and that yeah. was declining. Yeah. Business studies was sort of taking over. So what's generally outside of Sussex, what, what is the state yeah. of, of drama? It's not looking good. 
it isn't looking good. There's been a number of pressure points. There was some data that came out, I think it was last week, that showed there's been a really huge decline in the number of students taking yeah. art subjects more broadly um, across art, you know, theatre, drama, music and so on. Um, and I think that there's been a number of factors in play. It's like everything, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, I think it does stem from 2010 we all know about that and you know there's no art yeah. pillar in the um e-back whatever the e-back even is um yeah, you could argue yeah. and a number of uh you know drama and education academics argue that the damage kind of started in 1988 when we were excluded from the national curriculum as a discrete subject yes, yes. my my view of that is is that Yes, that was problematic and yes, that was regrettable. However, what it has led to, I think, in some respects, is it has led to some strengths because we don't have a national curriculum. It means that us as drama theatre um, practitioners and teachers, we can create schemes of work that respond 100% to our young people, to our communities, to what's going on globally and nationally. And for a long time, I think post-88, we weren't just surviving, we were thriving. And a lot of schools still celebrated and valued the arts. Sorry, go on. Sorry, that's interesting you should say that because I can remember the 88 yeah. National Curriculum coming in and it was really quite a straitjacket. My wife just was yes. going into primary teaching at the time yeah. and it was it was a, a real nightmare Yeah, because they the, the mountain of instruction and detail that fell yeah. in. You know, this was this was this was schools designed by a committee of everybody. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, and, so it do, and it doesn't, you know, any any you know published curriculum really doesn't take into account your local context, your community context. It doesn't take into account the shifts and changes within that. Um, and so I think that's why you know drama teachers ha have become so skilled at adapting, responding to change being creative and and because we're not in the national curriculum actually we're experts at being advocates and being mavericks and you know challenging the status quo because we don't have to tick a box in that you know in that kind of respect um i do feel however that more kind of damage and i do use the word damage mm -hmm. to the arts in general has been done since 2010 and since the yeah. publication of the white paper it feels like it has created a hostile environment for arts more generally. And then you couple that with uh, cuts in arts funding at undergraduate level as well. Mm. So what you've got is a climate whereby there's lack of funding. It means that, you know, those kind of negative headlines go out, couple that mm. with negative headlines around teaching and teacher stress and workload, which I'm not saying don't exist, they're real. That you know, mm. we all know this, they're there. And COVID, I think, has had a real impact. So we've seen, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, you know, a one-off that we've seen a real hit in numbers going down since schools have reopened after the pandemic. Because although there was a lot of, and there's some, there's been some really excellent, um, you know, online projects for drama, uh, not only in schools but across theatre companies and so on. They were really innovative, really exciting projects, but students weren't in the classroom interacting practically and then when we did go back you couldn't interact practically you know we all had squares made out of masking tape in drama studios you know um with masks on so again we adapted and we changed but it wasn't it didn't give our young people particularly those that were 
about to take options, a really realistic view of about what it actually means to be actors and performers in the classroom. You are listening to the Friday Morning Break with John Gibbs, my guest this week, lecturer Karen Hall, as we discuss what is drama in schools for? It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that because you know of the list of things I wanted to say talk talk about. I forgot, of course, the impact of a subject of of, of lockdowns and COVID. Not you know uh, on a subject where you really can't do that online. Of course, you can't yes. do that online. It, it, just, yeah. it just vanished from experience. Yeah, school absolutely. And I know certainly um, when I was teaching because I, I was still teaching in school, um, and actually during the pandemic I was teaching at school three days a week and then university too. So all of our lessons were online. Mm. And we did actually come up with some really interesting different projects that we, we then adapted and kept, um, you know, practically. But it's just it's just not the same, is it? Of course it's not. I mean, it's no. the same with every subject. You, don't, you, you need that interaction. You need that human connection. And, you know, again, when we came back from the pandemic, we had, you know, drama studios boxed off. Um, and then, you know, even in music, you couldn't sing. You couldn't use your voices course, in the same yes, way, yeah. you know, yeah, all, yeah. all of all of that. So I think, I think that there has been there's been an impact because of that. However, I do feel like now that we're back in schools and things are more in inverted commas normal, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm forever optimistic. I think as a trauma teacher, we you, I think you have to be. We live yeah. in a, you know, since 88, we, we live in a, you know, a perpetual state of slight anger and hope at the same time. Um, you know. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Yeah, and it, and think, it is, it you know, we spend us, some yeah. of our time angry and some of our time just really hopeful and optimistic, no matter what happens yes. to us. Um, but I think because we have, you know, and, and you know, school productions have opened up again, uh, theatre companies are able to get into schools again now. So I'm I'm forever hopeful of a sea change, but there there is you know being realistic, there is no doubt that it has there has taken there has been a hit. Is it is it also true that looking back at the back to the national curriculum and the leaving mm. off of drama and so on, that drama to some extent because it's, it's a newish subject in a sense. I mean, if you go back a long way in time, it's it's not in schools, and then in the mid twentieth century, it's sort of the the teacher yeah. who puts on the play, you know. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah. then, then it then it really emerges in the post war years as a, yes. as a subject, but it's always had to sort of fight its corner. Yeah. It's as if it's as if yeah. you have to justify drama in a way you yeah. don't justify chemistry. Yeah, hundred percent. No, completely agree. And I think um, I think that's partly actually because of the nature of the subject. I mean, drama is drama. It's struggle, isn't it? And it's and it's yes. conflict yes. and it's. Um, you know, expressing the difficult and the challenging. So we've got a role in that. And I think 
I think just, it just to, just to interrupt you, though, is it yeah is it possible? I'm, this is just a random thought. I'll, I'll leave yeah. it out if it's mad. But is it possible that drama is seen as a little bit subversive? You know, in a way that it's, well, if, it, it, if you yes. want to live in a society, yeah, it is. Math, yeah, it math is. teachers aren't math teachers aren't challenging anything. Math, not yeah. math teachers. Sorry. Maths isn't challenging anything. Drama is in a way. Yeah, it is. If, yeah, I hundred percent agree. And so I think sometimes it's been easier, hasn't it, for drama teachers or, or drama departments to be stuck in the corner of the school, in the black box classroom, yes, yes, I've away been from everyone because we yes. make too much noise, you know, we talk too much, you know, we experiment, we create. And it, and it is, and it can be dangerous. I don't necessarily mean physically dangerous, although if you were to see me doing stage fighting with my year eights <laughs> before half term. Oh. <laughs> Goodness definitely me. dangerous yeah had to, that you know, is brave had that's to keep brave. that controlled but that's i think in schools and more broadly that's what art does doesn't it it challenges it gets people to think it gets people to debate and that that is our that is our role we create as drama teachers spaces for young people to think and to challenge mm, mm. Um, and to express themselves in different ways and i also think one of the challenges is i I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of something I'm writing at the moment, which is about, I do think, and there'll be lots of people listening to this that will have challenges to this, I think, that mm-hmm. I, I feel it's actually really hard to define what drama is. Yes. Yeah. Because, I think that's, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because there is definitely an accepted body of knowledge, as there is in history, as there is in maths and so on. There's an accepted body of knowledge. So if you're teaching Greek theatre, you know there was a Greek chorus, you know what an orchestra is, you know what a scheme is. If you're teaching Commedia, you know what Ladsi is, you know what the techniques are. So you've got that, you know, that substantive knowledge. You've got what's there. But then the rest of drama is sociology. Mm-hmm. It's history. It's cultural studies. It's philosophy. And then... You also bring in all the other things as well, such as the role of communication and talk and presentation. Mm. It's design as well. It's all the visual elements. So when you know you say, well, what is drama for? You could talk about it for four hours on end and and still not reach a definite conclusion. And and the other issue as well is that it's very personal. You yeah. know, that role of drama in theatre is personal and different for every teacher in terms of how they got there, what inspired them, their background. And therefore it's, it's different and individual for each of um, each of our young people and children in schools. And I think we need to be, again, slightly controversial opinion perhaps, Mm. but I think we need to be careful about advocating drama just in terms of its soft skills. You know, drama is great because it develops your confidence. And it has a role for that, but I think young people can get confident in history and maths and DT, it's not yeah. the sole preserve of drama. That, and I think we need to be careful about, because people can't pin that down. That's interesting because that, that that's another, you're describing there a sort of strength of, a strength of drama, that it, that it yeah. is, so, is so applicable. Yes. Uh, when I first, and a weakness, when I first joined, uh, when, when, early on in my career, I joined a, a big, very progressive, comprehensive school, mm. and they, they merged subjects together. And they said to me, right, drama is part of English, but drama is also part of history, part of geography. You'll, you'll find yourself going into role in classes and we expect yeah. you to do this. And I thought, well, of course, absolutely. I can see how drama can be used in all sorts of ways. Mm. But of course, as you say, that sort of diffuses it in a way. Yeah, and, so then yeah. and it, it takes exactly? away just, the, just the knowledge. Then, it? it takes away the specialist knowledge. 
So it's it's everything and it's just drama itself. And I think that's, again, one of the kind of tightropes we have to walk. Were, were what you're saying, they're also steering it away from being a therapy. Oh, the yes. idea that, you know, yeah. send kids yeah. along to drama lessons that will help them calm down yes. or, yeah. or cheer, yeah, or cheer up or be more confident. And and again, that does have a role for certain young people, absolutely. But there, I think there has been and is a, an issue with drama historically that it's seen as a sticking plaster. Oh, that we've got an issue either in the school or we need to teach something in PSHE around, for example, I don't know, let's, let's say bullying or something. Well, drama can do that. They'd be brilliant yes. exploring bullying, um, you know, um, but actually that it's, you know, those kind of things are the responsibility of everybody in a school, aren't they? You know. Or sort of social issues. So they'll say, oh, well, drama yes. can do we, we can work through prejudice. Yeah. We can work through anger. Yeah. We can work, you know, let's create some plays and then we'll kind of sort the issue and actually that's not yeah. that's not what that's about um, and actually you're historian aren't you um yes. Yes, I had an interesting conversation earlier with my uh history colleague at um Sussex about we'd been offered a potential joint project about exploring some issues around the holocaust and using first person stories and I I didn't know until this morning there's debate in history education in particular about the inappropriateness of presenting first-person stories through theatre. And I thought, right. and I thought that I've never heard of that debate before. Because I said, because of course in drama and theatre, that's what we do. Yes. So yeah, yeah I thought that was, that was quite quite interesting. You know, you're trying to set up a cross-curricular project, but actually there's different, you know, schools of thought. I can imagine that's some sort of debate about the validity of sort of empathy and trying to say, well, you could you could understand the past by putting yes. yourself there. Yes, that, there's a lot of criticism of that in history. You know, that you, yeah. you, you can try and do a play on the First World War, but you'll never, yeah. you, you can't because you're always. Yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Whereas drama educators would probably say something completely different. What a brilliant way to engage with those yeah. themes and to and to think about well, what might this have been like? We weren't there. We don't know, but what can we understand through this? So you know, we kind of left it as let's go ahead with the day, see what it brings up. Let's let's start the debate. Yeah. And what a way! What a way of also if 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 teachers of history aren't doing that, what 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 are, they're missing out on a way of just simply engaging students. I mean, simply make. It, I remember a teacher doing an amazing thing at my school, at, at a school many many years ago, mm. and he set his class up like um, a dining room on the Titanic. <laughs> yes. And they and they put all sorts of things out. This was a history lesson, Titanic, with bits of pictures on the wall. Yeah. And they were all acting like they were waiters and things. And yes. When they, when other people went in there, they were shown around and. And you could ask people, well, what did, what's it, where, why did you join the Titanic? Well, I'm off to yes. America too. I taught a scheme, a scheme of work on Titanic many moons ago. It's more about, well, let's have a look at the social structure and what does the different classes tell us and what might have been the difference in body language or a way in which people spoke and, you know, things like that. So yeah, I yeah. Think it's, how, it's how you come at it, isn't it? That's that's the that's the deal with anything, with, with any subject. Well, it's how you I, come I, at it. And it is, I think... Um, as with any subject, you place placing yourself within it and thinking, what would I do then? Particularly in history, but also in lots of subjects. I think I've, it may not be drama, or it may be drama, but but pretending to be a molecule in a um, in a in a chemistry lesson and sort of the teacher saying, "Oh, joggle around," and and some of you are falling off the end, aren't you? Well, you're now a gas, you know. But, okay, I get that. You know, <laughs> it's sort of you know, yes, yeah, yeah. Sort of I, this is this is absolutely true. A couple, a few years ago. 
I walked into my staff room at school and there was somebody there who I hadn't seen before working on the computer in the staff room. I sort of looked at her, I thought, oh, I recognise her and I couldn't, I couldn't place her. And she turned around and she went, oh my God, it's Miss Hall. And she said, you used to, you did some supply at my school. And I, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remembered it. I, I ended up, I was in between traveling between various places and I did supply for a while and I got given, it was a really tough school and I got given all RE classes to teach, not my subject area. So I thought, okay, where I can, I'm going to use drama and, and theater. You know, that's my skill. That's, you know, maybe how I could communicate some of the subject knowledge. And she was saying, we were talking about your lesson the other day. Do you remember when we all got up and we did the wedding and we were all the guests and we talked yeah, about the yeah. readings and all that? And, you know, and this was, you know, maybe 10 years before. And they, you know, and she was messaging all her friends saying, Miss Holsey, do you remember the wedding lesson that we did? And that was just getting them up and moving. That that was it. And they just remembered yes. it. it. was It was a real, it was a kind of an eye opener for me because you, you know, you teach students, most of them you never see again once they leave school. And so it's hard to measure that impact. Yeah, but they remembered that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Another, I think it's relevant, but a feature I noticed in schools is the redesign of schools. When I first went into teaching, mm. classrooms were big, and they often had bits we could sort of pull aside and join a classroom together yeah. because they were saying, "Well, you might want to cooperate with the teacher next door." As the years went by, this redesign of school, we're putting a wall in here and putting a wall in here, and students became more static. Mm. You had to have them sat, you know, and yeah. looking at something because it was much more of a delivery. Yeah. Uh, in all, in yeah. order to achieve, because what the outcome, the outcome is becoming more important than the process. Yes. And we're seeing a big um, resurgence of that style of teaching again at the moment, aren't we? You know, there mm. seems to be like a lot of things in the world, a big divide, you know, between traditional and progressive um, views of education yeah. and, of, and of teaching. Um, and believe it or not, I'm somewhere in the middle i think sometimes you need a bit of one and i think sometimes you need a bit of oh, yeah. another yeah. um yeah. and you know sometimes in drama i do from the front teaching because it's important in that particular in that particular moment i think it's it's ridiculous to pin your flag to the mast in terms of one type of pedagogy or one type of teaching because mm. if you stick to that for forevermore you don't grow and you don't develop and and I think that's, you know, I, I talk to my trainees about that all the time. There's a range of strategies and pedagogies out there. And it's not, I try to decentralise the teacher from that, that it's not about you, that it's not about you being, you know, the edgy Twitter person talking about what you think teachers should do. It's about the children and young people in your class and what suits them what's going to help them, what's going to help them make progress, what's going to engage them. And if it's using a drama pedagogy um, in science, then go ahead and do it. Yeah, and if it, and if it's sit quiet and, and, and pay attention and so on, and if, if it, you know, in the end, if Mossbourne, a school like Mossbourne with ultra discipline is giving students the exams to transform, the, with, we ever think about exams, giving exams to transform their lives, then do that for them. I think, you know, with schools like that, I wouldn't work there, but that's fine because their their vision and values are really clear. Doesn't necessarily align with mine. And again, I say that to my trainees all the time. This is part of your your training, working out what your values are as a as a drama teacher and a practitioner, and how do they align with 
schools and where you want to work and where you feel you're going to develop your best, your best practice. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go wellbeing and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Guardian covers news about the downturn in the numbers of pupils choosing languages and creative arts subjects at GCSE and A-level. The article quotes provisional figures for England which suggest the exam entries for languages such as German, French and Spanish have fallen at A-level by as much as 17%. GCSE entries have stayed broadly the same. The article goes on to contrast this with the rise in A-level entries for computing by 15% on last year and a 12% increase at GCSE. Business studies is also increasingly popular at GCSE. Data from Ofqual suggests that entries for A-level and GCSEs are on the rise, but that not all subjects are seeing the benefit. Performing arts subjects are also seeing a reduction in numbers at A-level and GCSE as are those in the area of art and design. The move to more vocational style subjects has been welcomed by some, but has caused others to worry about the loss of creativity for the next generation. Schools Week reports on Capita, the outsourcing company paid to run SATs, and its decision to increase workload for those it employs to mark. Technical issues have already caused a delay to marking, with some not able to access necessary training. Now teachers say the rates they are paid are also being slashed. Rate cards show how those marking some SATs papers could receive as little as 2p per segment, down from 6 pence last year. And whilst the overall fee this year is likely to be similar to last, the number of responses markers are expected to mark has increased by over 50%. It is feared that this could lead to rushed marking, which may then lead to errors. Some critics also predict teachers walking away, leaving a backlog of unmarked tests. The deadline to return marks to schools is in July. TES reveals the names of those appointed to the expert panel to review relationships and sex education, known as RSE, and the health education curriculum. The guidance will be published for consultation in the autumn. The five members of the panel were appointed after Education Secretary Gillian Keegan wrote to schools in March to ensure they were complying with their legal obligations to publish their RSE approach and share curriculum materials with parents. The government has been criticised for taking too long to issue guidance amid concerns schools and teachers felt left in limbo. The panel members are Professor Dame Leslie Regan, Professor of Obstetrics and Gynaecology and Women's Health Ambassador, Sir Hamid Patel, CEO of Star Academies, Helena Brothwell, Regional Director of School Improvement for David Ross Academies Trust, and Alistair Henderson, a barrister specialising public law, human rights and equality law. The final panel member is Isabel Trowler, Chief Social Worker for Children and Families in England. Finally, 
Vaping continues to make the news, with ministers stating they want schools to be part of the crackdown. The Chief Medical Officer for England, Professor Sir Chris Whitty, however, probably summed up the key messages best in an article for The Times. He said, If you smoke, vaping is much safer. If you don't smoke, don't vape. He goes on to say that companies trying to addict children for profit are behaving in a shameful way because we do not know the long-term effects of many vape ingredients. The government also announced that the issue of vaping would be added to its review of RSHE curriculum. However, some have already criticised the information provided by government so far as lacking depth and detail. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to take a look at report writing. I'll ask the burning question, can chat GPT write my school reports? Yes, I know there are other AIs out there, but this is the most well known. Before I start, just give me a yes or no in your head. Will it be able to? So, first up, I blatantly asked it, can you write school reports? And ChatGPT said, certainly, I can help you write a school report. Please provide me with the topic or subject of the report, along with any specific guidelines or requirements you have been given. Additionally, provide me with any relevant information or key points you'd like me to include in the report. <laughs> okay, then. I said, James is good at history and weaker in maths than English. This generated a 961 word report. Here is the opening paragraph. In this report, we will explore James's academic strengths and areas for improvement in different subjects. James demonstrates a strong aptitude for history while he faces challenges in mathematics when compared to his proficiency in English. In conclusion, James exhibits a strong aptitude for history, showcasing a profound understanding of historical concepts and critical thinking skills. His performance in English is commendable, with excellent written and verbal communication skills. However, James faces challenges in mathematics, particularly in problem-solving and advanced mathematical reasoning. By providing him with the necessary support, encouragements and resources, we can help James strengthen his mathematical abilities and achieve a more balanced academic profile. <laughs> oh, wow. Right, so what if I get even lazier? I typed, write a primary school report for Tom. This produced a 477-word report covering English, math, science, social studies, personal and social development, resilience and perseverance, responsibility and organisation, finishing with an area for development being handwriting. ChatGPT doesn't half know what Tom is like. My conclusion, given enough information, it could give you a decent report. However, it'd work best as a proofreader slash tidier upper. Give it a brief report and ask it to make it look more professional, or ask it to write the same report in five different ways. Letting ChatGPT give you the vocabulary will save you time. Just remember that it uses American spellings. Quite frankly, I was quite blown away by what was produced. This is definitely a time saver when you're trying to say the same thing in different ways. Do you use AI to help you with anything? Let us know at TC Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. You are listening to the Friday Morning Break with John Gibbs, my guest this week, lecturer Karen Hall, as we discuss, what is drama in schools for? What's your understanding or experience of the, of where, how drama is being dealt with in schools? I mean, in a, in a more, in a multicultural society where yeah. there'll be tools of different ethnicities and they've got views about what education is for. Take bringing drag queens into schools and, and, uh, and sex education and so on. But 
again, it's got that slightly edgy quality. Do, do, do some people mm. want their kids to be jumping around and taking their shoes off and doing that sort of class? Yeah, yeah. And then there's then there's the schools themselves, the pressure, the pressure to to get exam results. What's going um, on in schools right now? Um, there's a number of things going on in schools. All the schools that I work across, um, and I've been into maybe or 30, 40 drum departments this year alone, I think, altogether. There is a range of different amazing practice. And I think this, again, goes back to not being in the curriculum. So I've, I don't see the same schemes of work. I don't see the same styles of teaching. I've seen... Um, south african storytelling this year um i've seen work around um boal and diversity in the classroom um i've seen work around um medieval theater happening so the range the, the range of things that are happening is amazing it's it's one of the joys of my job apart from when i'm actually teaching myself is to go in and see my trainees teach mm. because the range is so diverse um, and all of those schools have got drama on the curriculum. You know, that that's that's obviously the you know the key thing that it's still there. I think as well there's been some really good work, particularly uh, it started before COVID, but there was there was a lot of work, particularly during COVID and since around diversifying the set texts at GCSE as well. Yeah, yeah. Um so that they are more representative of global majority, for example. Um, and one of the things that I've been trying to work on in my school this year, although I may be there one day a week, so I don't know what impact I'm having, is to look at the diversity of our curriculum, which we've done a lot of good work on. But actually, we haven't got much in there in terms of working class voice in theatre. We haven't got much in terms of uh, sort of disability in theatre and so on. What's, what's the gender thing going? I mean, it, it, drama classes tended, dance definitely, but drama tended mm. to pull in more female to, to male students. Yeah. And is that true of I, yeah. teachers as well? In terms of the, the classes that I've seen and that I work with at GCSE, it's a real mix. It really varies, you know, from mm. school to school. So, for example, I know we've got two year 10 classes next year and they're kind of 50-50 mm. across. You know, and historically there were issues, you know, for example, with getting boys to choose GCSE dance, for example. But yes. I think, you know, I think in general people are more groovy about those kind of things now, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you're right. At least I hope they are. <laughs> I, th I think. I, 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 yeah, absolutely. I hope they are. I remember because we're talking about what drama is and, and 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 how it's had a problem in the sense of defining itself. I remember for me at school, I did did drama and I, and, and it, I always loved drama lessons. I looked forward to them. It was a good. It was a good day if there was double drama. You know, <laughs> it was hey drama today. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a fun day, and that was gonna be it's gonna be great fun. And one of my, one of my teachers at school had been taught himself or trained with Dorothy Heathcote, and of course, in in and she's a big name in the drama thing because in the mid twentieth century, she is creating drama lessons, which this sort of process of drama where you could create something meaningful. I remember coming out of drama lessons where you think we felt, oh my goodness, something something sort of very big has happened. You know, it's been quite moving, whatever we did in there. And 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 yet that that I suppose is the danger there is people would say, well what was that? Was that was that what was what exactly did you do there? Was that a piece of hocus pocus? I remember because we're talking about what drama is and and, and mm. how it's had a problem in the sense of defining itself. I remember for me 
at school I did, did drama and, and, and I always loved drama lessons. I looked forward mm. to them. It was, it was a good day if there was double drama. You know, yes. <laughs> it's, hey, yeah. drama it's a result. It's going to be a fun day and that was going to be it's going to be great fun. And one of, my, one of my teachers at school had been taught himself or trained with Dorothy Hethcott creating drama lessons which were this sort of process of drama where mm, you could yeah. create something meaningful i remember coming out of drama lessons where you thought we felt oh my goodness something something sort of very big has happened you know it's been quite moving whatever we yeah. did in there and, and yet i suppose is that the danger there is people would say well what was that was what that, was, was that, that? yeah what, was, yeah what exactly did you do there was that a piece of yeah, exactly focus? yeah and, and again that that links back to i think um how how it defines itself you know and and i think particularly with pedagogies around process drama mm. unless you're in it or facilitating it you it is hard to define what it is and that's what makes the magic of it yeah because it's so immersive and it's so child-centered and that is part of if you're using those kind of practices not necessarily all the time but if you're using those kind of practices that's the kickback. That's the maverick. That's the no one can't put a grade to this because we're just in uh, it yeah. and we're doing, yeah, yeah. you know, and we're just creating. I think probably, you know, there's been, you know, feels like ancient debates around process and product drama and about which one is more valuable. Yes. Um, and my view is, well, the same as same as I was saying earlier, you use you use both as and when appropriate. You know that, and that's that's what happens. But you can guarantee, I can absolutely guarantee you. You talk to those year elevens, right? Your year eleven GCSE or any other year eleven before they leave, and say, which drama lessons do you remember really well? And it's the one where they were all mantle of the expert in the spooky house, or going on the space mission, or you know, all, all of that stuff. Yeah. Those are the bits. Those are the bits they remember. They're not going to turn around and say to you, do you know, I absolutely loved that lesson where we did a script assessment and you gave us three marks for creating, performing, and responding. That that <laughs> really. That lives within me. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go, well-being and mental health program will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. You are listening to the Friday Morning Break with John Gibbs, my guest this week, lecturer Karen Hall, as we discuss, what is drama in schools for?
that leads me to think of a couple of things there. First of all, you used the phrase magic there. And I remember mm. uh, it's, this may be true, and apologies to teachers of other subjects and so on. I know this is true in all, all teaching. There, there are kind of rituals to do yeah. with teaching, you know, rituals of sitting down, rituals mm. of cleaning and so on. Mm. But it, it seemed to me there was a sort of lots of magical rituals around. A yeah. teacher saying to me, I remember at school, a teacher, drama teacher saying to me, remember, we don't rehearse over there. That's, no, where, that's, we, absolutely right. that's where we perform. And you and you get off that space. You weren't allowed to yeah. treat it with any. Yeah. You walk into it, and so on. I thought, yeah. yeah, that's because that was the magical place. That's absolutely right, and it's all to do with um, this notion around like sacred space. I mean, drama comes yes. from ritual, right? Yeah. Um, so it is this notion of sacred space, and I say to all of my students, whichever drama space I'm teaching in, I'll say, right, see those doors over there? They're kind of magic, because out there you're members of a tutor group. Your members of football team, your mm. you know members of a house system, your kids that get detentions or merits or whatever. But in here we're actors, and I actually had a, a colleague of mine coming in to work with my drama trainees at Sussex yesterday, and she talked about this notion of space and the importance of space because you have to build that. You have to build a safe space for young people to create because it can be challenging. And it can be difficult for young people. You, you will, you will know, and I know, plenty of children and you know adults who don't want to talk in public, who don't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still want them engaged, and you still want them doing. So that notion of kind of a sacred space is is really integral, I think, to the way in which way in which we work. That that drama space is different. It feels different from the minute that you go in, and I think that's sometimes why drama teachers in particular get get a lot of disclosures from young people either mm. around something that's going on at home or to do with their identity or sexuality um because mm. we have to work so hard to create that safe space this is somewhere that we can talk and that we can share and we can create yeah. and that we work yeah. as a team and i'm making that sound like it's really easy <laughs> No, no, it's no. not. It's not. Me, it's no. like any other skill. You practice it. You practice it. And I can't say I always get it right. If you're to see my year eight period five this Tuesday, you might think there's no notion of sacred space in Karen's room. Um, <laughs> I'll try again next week. <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't work a lot of times. I mean, that's the other thing we talked of before. I think we came on about teaching. Why do we do this mad job? Yeah, and it was. It is because you fa- you fail a lot. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's and I say that to the trainees that it's a controlled fail. Okay, it's a controlled fail. And it leads to better teaching because you're reflective and you're you're thinking about it and that you don't let things you don't let it go. And what I mean by that is that you don't carry it with you, you don't lie awake all night saying, Oh no, I don't think that that one kid made progress last Tuesday and I don't know what to do about it. It's not that. But what you don't let go is your willingness to continue to learn and develop and to know things. Um, and we have to learn all the time, partly because of subjects. Subject develops, new practitioners come in, new plays are written. So you're keeping mm. on top of that. But the context changes, culture changes. Young people are facing things I never would imagined when I was at school 10 years ago haha um you know do, do students bring things into drama lessons that you that surprise you sometimes I mean they, they go all, all the time all the time yeah. and that's why I love it because it's um it's the unpredictability so you know I know that I'm going to teach I don't know 
Brexit Caucasian chalk circle. That's my golden thread. That's my one thing. Yeah. We're going to look at this scene. We're going to look at this character. But you can't predict the comments. You have you never have any idea about what they're going to create. So in some lessons, it might be okay. We're going to work on this exam question. You're going to create a model answer. Okay, fine. That's the outcome. With drama, you know that you know there's a particular skill you want them to develop, or there's a particular technique or a particular bit of knowledge, but you never know what you're going to get, ever, mm. ever, ever, ever. And that's the joy of it. And young people say the funniest, most insightful things that just keep me going from day to day. It's just the <laughs> best. It's absolutely that, just the best. And it is that it is that magical thing that happens in in play when kids are playing. It was. The other thing that struck me as as I became a parent mm. is that you watch and remembering this. It's the thing. It's just like remembering something you'd forgotten. Is yeah. that when you're li- when you're really little, you play naturally, yeah, and you course. go into roles yeah. the whole time, and you're yeah. always sort of and listening yeah. to people play. You know, listening to children playing. Well, you do this, and you're this. You're an explorer, and you yeah. you're the yeah. dad, and you're They're the creating theatre. And then about yeah. thirteen years old, you, you don't. You know, Ken Robinson. Although I've got some critique of his work, you know, I think he does have something to say about that role of creativity and how it gets educated out of you. And there's that quote, you know, in his famous Ted talk about how as young people get older, they get slowly get educated just from the head up, you know, although drama, you know, is, is in a precarious position as it always is. I always think of, for example, dance colleagues. I mean, you know, not many schools teach dance at all now, you know, I think, I think is an absolute travesty because education is about the body, isn't it? It's about your body in space. You don't learn with just your head. So, yeah, so I think that, you know, I think that's, you know, an interesting kind of area to think about. And and drama is controlled play. It's controlled creation. It's, you know, within frameworks. Yeah. And I can imagine, so, you know, that someone listening to this saying, well, I don't want my kids playing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> playing at schools that they should be doing. But play, play is, as we said, I think, so far, very, very profound and very natural. Yeah, it's it's an essential part of child development. If you have, you know, a three-year-old that doesn't play or doesn't pretend or doesn't engage in any imaginative scenarios or whatever, that's that's the alarm bells, isn't it, in terms of something's perhaps not quite right here, you know, developmentally, if they're not engaging with other with other children and talking Mm. and imagining, it's almost like they're, they're all right to do that up until year six. But then in that six weeks over the summer before they get to year seven, they've got to stop imagining and they've got to stop playing because yeah. it's secondary school now, you know, you need to grow up. Um, but actually, I, you know, I say to all my kids from year seven onwards, don't don't lose the magic eye. So don't lose the magic eye that your imagination, don't lose it. Just keep it, just keep it because that's what the best actors have. Yeah. You use the term actors there as well. Because that's another tension within drama is that we mm. talk about the, pro- the process and the experience. That all sorts of kids can enjoy that and even experience things within it that, they, that they're they not prepared to show in other classes and so on. Yeah, yeah. But then, there's, then there's the school play. Yeah. And putting on the school play. And that, that is that is still something that is one of the most profound things can happen in kids' lives. I remember yeah. a teacher at school saying to me, he said, he put on, a play, put on Hamlet. And he said, I'm a bit mm. worried, he said. And one thing I worried about this, it was a very successful play. He said, but... The kid that played Hamlet, I'm a bit worried. I've just given him the best experience of his life. You know, how's he going <laughs> to match this later? What next? What's, what next, next after this? Um, but I think I think it's the way that you pitch it. I mean, I've never once, and I don't know any drama teacher that has, 
you know, put on a school production and gone, that's it. Now those kids Oscar winning within five years that, you know, we recognise that it is experience. Um, and if they don't go on to be professional actors or work in the theatre or whatever, either because they don't want to or mm-hmm. it just doesn't work out for them, it doesn't matter. It's the experience that's profound. It's the process that's that's profound. And that, you know, that those kind of skills and knowledge um is what makes us human you know you don't it's that and I think as well anything around productions is really giving them the sense of nothing works in isolation Mm. you know you can't put on a theatre production without your backstage crew without your lighting without your you know all of that you can't put on a production without being dedicated to rehearsals and turning up on time you know all all of those things that's interesting because those things aren't really taught at school are they I mean I uh, stage, stage, um, stage managing, uh, lighting. Mm. They, they could be there, couldn't they? They could be. There. Yeah, could I was actually having a discussion <laughs> so with somebody. Why are they there? Yeah, and I was having a discussion with somebody about this yesterday. They, they, uh, they're doing some research around um, technology and education, and I was talking about drama specifically, and about those those kind of things like stage management, lighting, sound. It, it often depends on the background and the experience of the drama teacher. So, you know, I mean, if I think about my PGC drama trainees, um, I had one last year that was a professional costume designer. Um, I've got a couple this year that are de- degrees in musical theatre. Um, so the range is very different. So it might be that you're teaching in schools, but you don't have that technical knowledge. And also it depends on the resources of the school. Theatre companies need to make money. If they put um, things on tour to go around schools, as much as they love drama and theatre, they do also need to put food in their bellies. Um, you know, so they need to charge money and schools don't necessarily have it. You know, so if it costs, I don't know, say £500 to get a TIE theatre company in, um, either to do workshops or to present plays or whatever, it it it's it can quite often end up being a cost issue. Mm. Uh, which is that, limits it. And is that in is that in decline? I mean have there been are there fewer I remember the, the drama groups coming into school and putting on workshops on Shakespeare or workshops yeah. on this sort Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean my experience is, is that, you know, up until sort of twenty ten, my school was a performing arts college and that put us in kind of a unique position because it sounds mad to say it now John honestly but I was given I can't remember how much it was but it was like a bursary for a few years just to be the artist in residence coordinator can you imagine that so we had a full-time artist in residence coordinator uh, sorry a full-time artist in resident uh who we then sent around to local schools to do workshops we had theatre companies in all of the time but that's because it was well resourced. I mean, that was you know like a kind of golden golden age of you know oh, my yeah. drama teaching. But but things are different, and that's not to say that things aren't happening. Um, until relatively recently, I was on the board of trustees of a theatre company called Peer Productions, which are based in Surrey, and they do huge work around schools, going and visiting schools, and um, uh, you know providing productions and workshops on a, a range of kind of PSHE issues, which has been really impactful. Mm. Um, so there is some good work happening, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. I think. I think there's a lot of willingness. It's, so it's it's still there, but it all comes back to 2010 and the and the world of austerity and cutbacks yeah. and cutbacks and cutbacks and shortages. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. say that. I remember when I first started teaching. I did a teaching um, teaching practice part of my PGC teaching practice, and they said, "Oh, have you met the school poet?" 
we've got a poet in residence he's paid for yeah. a number of schools in the area and he comes in once a thing and he's paid by local education authority yeah. to be the resident poet yeah you wouldn't even suggest that i would never even suggest that as a possibility <laughs> in my senior leadership team meetings like, i think the answer to this Yes. As a resident poet. Yeah, raise um, that at a meeting. I'd love to say yeah, that. Excuse me. Yeah. When, how, when are we funding the poet? <laughs> when, when's the poet coming in? Um, but yeah, but I mean, I, I think, you know, back back then, make me sound mm. ancient, we uh, were really clear about the value and about how we shared our resources with, with other schools and, um, you know, sharing. We went through a stage of actually doing joint theatre trips to bring down cost with local schools and, um joint productions with or, or joint shows with theatre companies and things like that but i think you know it's pressure on curriculum isn't it and you know pressure on resources that that yeah that's perhaps a lot limits of that yeah yeah time and organization of things of that kind yes. yet so sensible well, you know me yeah yeah and you can't get people out of school anymore do you remember the yeah. days when we used to go on cpd courses somewhere in london with a really lovely free lunch and had a nice time and oh, yeah. uh, you know and it, you got to network with other practitioners in your subject and sometimes beyond oh. and now it's you know a two-hour online meeting a year and then that's that's your soul food going, going off to these lovely hotels and there'd be a nice lunch now yeah. now teachers are really impressed if there are biscuits i know <laughs> There are biscuits. They <laughs> pulled out the digestives. This must be a good right. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one, one thing before, well, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, talk to mm. you about, was that when I, when I, my occasional forays into drama teaching, and I did mm. talk GCSE drama for a bit. Yeah. And I must admit, I didn't really like the bit of it. I didn't like was assessing drama. I yeah. always felt that I was a fraud. Yeah. I, thought, I, just, I thought, I know I'm doing this because it gets a grade and these kids are all going to yes. get a grade. And I'd walk around the room and I'd have a clipboard and I'd look for the various things and some kids would yes. say, oh, why don't we do such and such? Oh, that's an example of this. Put that down yeah. Yeah. next to his yeah. name and so on. I thought, I'm simply assessing them on being human. I mean, I, yes. I know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. I've, I've constructed a means in which they can fail at something they shouldn't even be assessed at. I know, I know. And, and it, it is a tension. And I feel like, you know, sometimes those kind of constraints of what you have to do in an assessment means that, you know, it kind of limits their work sometimes because you're going to have they projected their voice? Have yes. they tick? Have they added a frozen image? Tick. Um, you know, yeah. they've they got smooth scene changes, you know, things like that. Um, so what you have to be careful of is that it doesn't lead to... Um, you know, work without meaning, that it's only got form and it hasn't got any hasn't got any meaning. Yeah. However, I do believe that no matter how problematic and sometimes frankly ridiculous it is to put a grade mm. on drama or art or music or anything like that, I think we have to do it because otherwise it would just be another vehicle by which they would delegitimize our subjects. Mm. So we have to tread that tightrope between that creativity, that, you know, ability to get our young people to think outside the box and to experiment and to be brave, whilst also saying that actually you do need to meet some of this criteria, you know, um, 
because if you know if you're in a drama department and you know you're only getting twenty percent pass rate while everyone else is eighty or above, then you know it doesn't look good. It isn't good enough to say, yeah, but you know they did a lot of experimenting and had a nice time. So we have to be careful about ensuring that our our subject remains legitimate. And yes. there's, there will forever be. I don't think it matters what GCSE you know exam boards do at A level, B tech or GCSE. Because you can't ever get it right. You can't. You can't ever get the assessment of drama right. And we know one of the key flaws at the moment is the GCSEs are like seventy percent written, based on written, and only thirty yeah. percent practical. No one teaches it that way. You, you know, you teach it seventy percent practical and thirty percent written. Um, but I mean, that's insane, isn't it, for a subject? You know. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the the. The, the the heads up level of education you know from your from the neck up yeah. and the yeah. pen you know the essay yeah. or the do, the dominance of our education yeah. system by the by the the four yeah. five paragraph essay you know yeah and I think children and young people should be writing in drama of course they should they should be writing reflections and you know monologues or scripts or 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 whatever mm. um you know, because it's it's important. It's important for the subject. It's important for their understanding of, of literacy and the role of writing in drama. You know, um, but you know, it's the way in which I think it's it's constructed at Key Stage Four and Five that I think is problematic. Yes, but there there isn't there isn't an answer. There isn't a solution that really suits us. So what you'd be worried about is if this if he said well. We 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 do we do heavily exam our kids in Britain. Yeah, <laughs> we're one massively. of the most examined countries yeah. in the world. Yeah, massively. If, if we said, well, we're going to exam it a bit less, uh, or whatever, and drama is not going to be examined. It's going to be a process. It's going to be a you get a certificate of completion. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be worried that 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 then yeah. yet another way of which you can say yeah. it's, soft, it's it's the softest of soft subjects. Yeah, fact, yeah, that's have, absolutely right. Why, yeah. why have it at all? Yeah, that's it. And if you just get a, you know, a participation certificate at the end of year 11, then that's going to kill A-level and, um, and B-tech at Key Stage 5 completely, isn't it? Which, mm. will, then, which will then impact. But yeah, so I, I, again, it's another one where we're walking the tightrope mm. between what works and, quite frankly, what we need to do to play the game. And again, there, there may be particularly drama practitioners and teachers listening to this you think oh you're talking utter rubbish here but one of the things that I do force um my drama trainees to consider is year seven year sevens you know your a level's great it's wonderful it's rich um GCSE is really good fun you can really see the progression but if you're spending more time planning an a level lesson or a GCSE lesson and you are planning the year seven, then you're getting it wrong because that's your foundation. You have to spend more time getting it right in key stage three because that's mm. the foundations of your house. Mm. And, the, and the roof won't stay on. The roof won't stay on if everything is shaky. So I always mm. feel dubious if I'm in staff rooms and I hear a teacher say, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll get cover. It's only my year sevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about, I think, what, oh, about prim, what about primary schools? What's the yeah I mean, primary? Yeah, really interesting. So, um, a lot of the kind of drama that was in primary was sort of stripped out a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, but what is really interesting? You mentioned Dorothy Hethker earlier, and, and like Mantle of the Expert, and all of yes. those pedagogies. 
Not uncommon in primary. Not uncommon in primary at all. And, you know, if you're doing drama or theatre, that's, there's, and I'm really generalising here, but there's kind of two modes in which drama is used in primary schools. One is to explore books and picture books and bringing them to life and thinking about the context and the characters and what might happen next. And then this um, kind of mantle approach, um, which is quite dominant. But it's quite rare to see mantle of the expert in key stage three in secondary schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that kind of more exploratory role kind of, you know, sort of disappears a little bit. Um, But I think... Where where you lead them through a series of sort of experiences. Yeah, 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 that's it. So I do um, some work with my trainees around, um, you know, where drama is mentioned in um, key stage two curriculum or at least dramatic techniques or forms or is mentioned and what that might look like in in primary schools uh we do kind of like a picture book based <laughs> session um around what that might look like in a in a you know sort of key stage uh, so year three classroom or, or whatever and trying to make those links because you know we do send our trainees into primary schools um to kind of have a look at practice and what's going on there mm. um but it's in it's you know drama is taught in some primary schools more than others so quite often what will happen is in year seven is you get you know this kind of sometimes disparate group of children that have you know some of them have never met before or might have met on their induction day and that was it who have got a range of different experience some have been to theatre done loads of stuff at primary you know done theatre schools or whatever and some that have done nothing and you know nothing and that's not a criticism it's just about you've got to understand what you know as far as you possibly can what that primary experience was like and then how you how you build on that is there a is there a class element to that a class and a and and, um disadvantaged schools in certain areas that that gets cut because you get get them on get them sitting still get them learning to read i mean which is very very valid necessary necessary thing but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, this the 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 kind of current thinking around disadvantage is really fascinating, mm. and I think it's really fascinating in terms of drama specifically. And I don't know; I might be wrong. If anyone's listening who is researching this, please get in touch, because I don't know anybody who's specifically researching this notion of disadvantage within a. a drama context mm. from my perspective as a drama in education educator if I'm using the right term there okay. um I try to get my trainees to not think about it in terms of disadvantage I mean even the word disadvantage is a fairly appalling term mm. um and I know there's a lot of thinking around for example like the vocabulary gap um, and then this notion of cultural capital and what we're mm. going to do to plug our students, you know, cultural capital. But actually, as somebody myself, I spent my early years in a caravan and then on a council estate mm. um, for most of my child and young adult life. Didn't feel remotely disadvantaged um, mm. from the point of view that I, I didn't feel I had a vocabulary gap. I had loads of vocabulary, but it might not have been the same words that were used in school. They were just different words. And mm. my experiences were not unrich. They were just different. Mm. And I think we need to be very careful about, as 
drama teachers or anyone else not coming from a deficit model. They've never been to the theatre, therefore they could never understand. Well, of course they can, just in different yes. ways and how you're going to do it, I think is important. Yeah. Um, but that's, up- just, that's just my thinking around that. I think I think there's opportunity to explore that as educators, as researchers in, in more detail. There's lots of really, really mm. nice research that's happening around... Um, you know, students who are deemed, you know, pupil premium or disadvantaged. Um, but again, it's that richness that makes our classroom so amazing, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't set in drama in general. You don't get top set. You don't get well, bottom yeah. set. You don't get a higher paper or a foundation paper. It's just everyone in together. And again, that's just another bit of the magic. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another trend in education. We could talk about, we're running out of time, but we could talk mm. about, you know, the, 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 we talked about progressive and, and uh, formal teaching and so on. Mm. But the, the, I, well, I, in my education career, I saw the disappearance largely of, 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 um, of nons, of, of mixed ability, mixed ability. Yeah. Disappeared. yeah. Well, the last of the islands of mixed ability is. Yes. Is, yeah. Is, is, is and, and, and the research is split from, from, what I've read some you know there's some research that you know mixed ability is what works best you just have to be a better teacher you just have to you know be better at your adaptive teaching and then some research like actually no setting is better for certain groups of of students um but you know I'm talking about this as you know from an academic point of view there's limitations to every research and one of the key limitations is is that it wasn't done in your school with your Mm -hmm. kids so it just goes back to the same thing about understanding your context, understanding your community, mm. parents, carers, and, and, you know, those children and young people that walk through your doors because they are your curriculum. You know, they make up the majority of your curriculum. And so if you're not, think, if you're not putting them in the middle, then what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're almost at an end. So finally... Thank, thank you so much for this. This is a great conversation. Time has flown by. We could go um, forever. We could go yeah, for the whole so day. Much. There's so Do much a whole drama about. day. There is. <laughs> yeah. when I, again, talking about progressive education, when I first started at um, this progressive school many, many, many years ago, they had whole days with classes. This was the year 10s and year 9s and so on, and you teach them for the whole day. And yeah. they said, well, you can really get things done. If you haven't, <laughs> it was very daunting, though. To be honest, yeah, yeah, that. and sometimes it can get a little bit sloppy when you've got a whole day. Yeah, there was mean, lots that's, of that's the other thing. There was, a, yeah. there was a lot of wasted time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lastly, our, our, our wonderful prime minister, who has, of all the things that he might be engaged in, made an observation that is this the math study. thing? This is maths. She studied <laughs> maths. Now there, there may be all sorts of very. Also, it's a very good things you can say about maths and, and its necessity yeah. in people's lives and so on. But wouldn't it be a better, in some ways, a, an interesting world if he'd mm. said, well, I think, you know, I'm really shocked that students aren't all studying some form of drama and yeah. creative art mm. until they're 18. And we need to, we need to sort this. Yeah. Because the, yeah. Mood, the mood music is very, uh, uh, well, I'll say sort of neoliberal. It's, it's yeah. what serves yeah. the market. That, yes. It, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. That must squeeze yeah. drama somewhat. Yeah, it's an economy-based um, point of view, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone should be forced to do drama until 18 because for some people that would be just as much an idea of hell on earth as it is for people, you know, thinking they've got to do they've got to do maths till yes. 18. Um, it doesn't suit everyone. 
you know. And this, you might get a complaint on this one because I don't think it's to do with maths teachers necessarily. But, you know, most of our children and young people have been doing maths, right, since they were four or five. Mm. And some of them, by the time that by the time they get to 15 and 16, still don't get it. Mm. Right. So if mm. after, you know, all of those years, they don't have what it takes to pass an exam, let's just accept that and move on. You know, what what is another two years going to do? Probably nothing. Yeah. You know, probably nothing. Um, you know, let's let's concentrate on what is happening in terms of our schools, in terms of quality um, teaching. Let's have a think about what, again, serves our young people and what suits them best. Yes. Um, and do you remember there was that, you know, ages ago, Nick Gibb, there was something about, you know, going to get everyone playing a violin or whatever. I mean, you know, that was just as, you know, ridiculous a, a proposal. Um, you can't you can't fit everyone into the same box. No. And and you don't want to disengage. I mean, isn't that one of the joys of doing, you know, leaving school when you go on to college or whatever, that you get to, to specialise a bit more and do what you love? And I, I'm not Absolutely. interested in anything that's yeah. forcing, you know, kids into a, a into no. a you know particular route or doing any extra stuff they don't want to do. Life's hard enough. They're 16, 17, the hormones are raging. Leave them alone. That's what I Absolutely. say. Absolutely. I can remember the delightful experience of going to an, in an interview for the sixth form and the teacher saying to me, well, what would you like to do? Like to do? Mm. You know, I don't have, I've reached saturation in maths. <laughs> I can yeah. absorb no more, yeah. exactly as you said. There's, 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 yeah. there's no more effect maths can have on me. But No, um, no. Yeah, and I, I don't, you know, I mean, if if some, you know, if um, Sunak had said, okay, we're going to get, everyone to do geography until 18 or everyone's got to do music till 18 i mean yeah you can imagine well, you know it would be just as logical that, just they, as absurd yeah yeah of course it would yeah it would of course be just it as would. it could make the case out i'd make a brilliant case out for geography i'm sure yeah we should, we should, all, yeah, we should all know 100%. about our landscapes and things yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> every every subject has its place yeah. and every subject is is valuable but yeah. really you know i do some work on this with all of my pgc because I, I lead the entire secondary pgc course at sussex at the moment um and i do a, a lecture with them on curriculum and give them an example of I don't put the dates on, but there's an, there's an example of two curriculums and I'm like, okay, what is the difference here? So one has, you know, got computing on and whatever. But actually, there's been very little shift in in curriculum in terms of subjects and, and breadth of subjects since, you know, Victorian grammar schools, you know, and, and sort of, yeah. you know, selecting, you know, one of those, any, you know, subject over the other for another two years of study, <laughs> I don't know. It's just bizarre. There's other stuff you need to be doing, Rishi. <laughs> there's other stuff. Yeah. Go onto the news websites. There's other stuff you need to be worrying about and leave, leave the kids alone. Yeah. On that note, Karen, I'm, our time is up. So Do you reckon he's going to listen to this? Do you reckon Rishi Stewart's going to... I'm fairly certain he is a change listener. his mind. Forever hopeful drama teacher, yeah. right? This is... Yeah. We, I'm fairly certain he's one of the listeners. I, I, I suspect. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for sparing the time. You're um, really welcome. It's it brilliant. Thank you.
that brings us to an end another episode of the Friday Morning Break with John Gibbs. My guest this week was Karen Hall, lecturer in drama in education at Sussex University and senior teacher. We shared our thoughts on the importance of drama lessons and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you did, you can listen again as a podcast on Spotify, on Teachers Talk Radio and multiple other platforms. Thanks for listening. Listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.